Crimes from the East, your Desi true crime podcast. And today I found this stranger wandering around outside my home and we, we just have her on the show. Hey, you want to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm just a ghost of an old lady who was killed by her <laughs> freaking husband. He stole all my money, bought a car, mm -mm. married another woman. He just murdered me. Oh, Isn't that no. funny? <laughs> all right, we'll cut out ghost Alex. Well, hello, welcome, Alex. Hey, Pia. Hey, hey, hey. We have a fun episode today. There is no murder in this case. What? Yeah. What are we doing here? No murder. Uh-uh. Okay. Is this another, like, reincarnation situation? Still true crime. It's not an all ooky right. spooky episode. It's still true crime. But all right, all right. I had it up to my ears with death and murder and gore. So I was like, you know what? Let's take a break. Let's take a deep breath and <laughs> give the spotlight to some other criminals. You know? A little palate cleanser. Yeah. They deserve their time. In the sunshine, too. Let's not ignore. <laughs> ignore our, our less lethal criminals. Yeah. There needs to be like um, a compliment to quiet but deadly. These guys are the loud but not that deadly. Let's see how this criminal measures up to our previous cases. Okay. okay. All right. So what are we talking here? This is the kind of stranger-than-fiction tale that you would tell around a campfire. Ooh. And without giving anything away, let's just get into it. Should I prepare the s'mores? <laughs> yeah, let's go. What's an Indian camping food? I don't think there's Indian camping. That's just called living in a village. <laughs> That's just called village okay. life. Mmm, <laughs> I'm hungry. All right, we travel back in time. To the era of March 18, 1987. I think we've been there before. Yeah. The reincarnation episode was also 87. Okay. 1987. Hello, old pal. Hey. We meet again. <laughs> it was a year of many wonders. In the US, The Simpsons aired for the first time on TV. Wow. Yeah. Nice. They're that old. Way to, way to pull up that fun fact. Crew neck sweaters were the rage in men's fashion. Oh. As were buckled boots for women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of these things are in fashion again now. It might as well be 2021. Yeah, I guess it's been long enough. Ugh. We've come full circle. We've come full circle on that. <laughs> on the fashion scene. Okay. Oh, so you want to know another important thing that happened in 1987? Yes, always. We saw Robocop shoot. A crook in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? We you don't see that often. <laughs> I wonder if that was the first crotch shooting in like movie history. That should be like a trivia question. <laughs> so what happened in 1987? Okay, okay, okay. So, well, I was witness to none of these magical moments, really, <laughs> because I was alive, but I was a wee yeah. little rascal. All the way over in the city of Mumbai in India at that time. I was in Mumbai. A few miles from where I was living at the time occurred this shenanigan that I'm about to tell you. Ooh, shenanigans. Tribhuvan Das Bhimji Zaveri. Wow, that's a mouthful. Whoa, I need to write that down. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> You're going to have to spell it for me. Tribhuvan Das Bhimji Zaveri. Can we give him a nickname? 
TBZ is their actual name. Okay, fine. <laughs> They've shortened it themselves to TBZ. So TBZ okay. is the creme de la creme of luxury jewelers in India. Okay. Their flourishing empire of gems and glittering baubles has been on the up and up since 1864. Whoa. So they've been around. That's a lot of that's a lot of jewels. This isn't your run of the mill okay. goldsmith in on the corner of the street. This is like I don't know, what's the equivalent in the US? Maybe like a Jared or something. <laughs> <laughs> Swarovski? Swarovski? Maybe. I don't own any jewels. So just to give you an idea, their sales in the past few years have averaged around 250 million US dollars. Ooh, so, okay. yeah. yeah. Not they're, too shabs. Yeah, not too shabby. I mean, you know, we Daisies love our gold. Like, mm, delicious Sona. Give me some of that aurum. <laughs> Indian households hold an estimated 24,000 tons of gold. I wonder what that is, like what percent of the world's gold that is. Probably fairly sizable, right? That's more gold than the gold reserves of several large countries combined. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. There you go. I mean, I don't have much gold, so robbers don't even bother breaking into my home. Like, all you'll find is... Toddler toys and Amazon boxes. That's all you're finding here. (laughs) Yeah. All you find in my house are cats. Just so many cats. One of TBZ's fancy stores is located in the swanky area of Mumbai called Opera House. And like any other normal afternoon in 1987, the showroom expected a steady stream of customers coming in around 2.15 p.m. There was some sort of commotion at the heavy glass doors of the store. There was a squadron of about 28 official-looking people headed by an authoritative-looking man. He was 5 feet 6 inches tall, wearing glasses, dark-complexioned, and with the confidence that you would not want to provoke or question. He identified himself as Officer Mohan Singh from the Research and Analysis Wing of the CBI. CBI is the Central Bureau of Investigation which is a government department in India. I think its equivalent would be the FBI. That would make sense. So it's CBI in India. And he said that he was there to conduct a surprise raid on the TBZ showroom, equipped with a search warrant, which he held up for everyone to see. Wow. Pratap Zaveri, the owner of the jewelry conglomerate at that time, was at the store in person, and he came to deal with this uncalled-for invasion at once. His business had incurred the scrutiny of the income tax and excise department many times before. So this wasn't entirely alien to him. So he let the team in. And as each of the members of the delegate entered the store, they flashed their CBI identity cards. And then uh, they were all in and ready to start this raid. I'm just going to do a quick sidebar to explain what raids are. To our non-Desi listeners, Desi people know. The minute I say raid, they know. I was going to ask, what does a raid entail exactly? Black money. Ah, okay. Black money is basically any kind of funds earned illegally on which income and other taxes have not been paid. So the unaccounted money hoarded illegally and concealed from tax authorities is called black money. Okay, yeah. So it's money that you don't declare on the books. So it's all the under-table business. 
income tax raid, uh, technically known as the process of search and seizure, is constitutionally valid Mm -hmm. against tax evaders. Okay. So a raid can get triggered if credible information of tax evasion is received from the intelligence wing of the income tax department. So if they have a feeling that this store seems to have income disproportionate to sales, they can trigger a raid. Gotcha. So this all seems pretty legit so far. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it happens all the time. It happens. Yeah. During a raid, the officers can enter and search any building. They can break open any locks and search persons as they deem necessary. Basically, very little is sacred at that point. They can seize whatever they feel is relevant to their case. Although such raids are also carried out in the U.S. by the IRS, it isn't on such grand scales and it isn't very publicized. And the amount of non-liquidated assets people store in the U.S. is not that high, uh, unlike in India, where such raids can easily yield like 2 to 20 million in cash and gold hidden in the walls and other (laughs) hidey holes. (laughs) Hiding all your money. Actually... I would I would do that. Yeah, there's a lot of cash transactions in India and especially in the jewelry market like the smaller stores will say if you don't make a pakka receipt, if you just do this mm-hmm. deal off the table, we'll give you a discount. Yeah, yeah. I used to pay rent that way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My first apartment in Paris, it was under the table. Totally illegal. Uh-oh. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, I hope none of the French uh, officials are listening to this because your landlord will be in trouble. I will never tell you who my landlady was. She was nice. She gave me a deal. Um, Yeah, I've never evaded taxes myself, but I could certainly see the appeal. And when Mm. you're working with something as sort of shiny and money oriented as jewelry, Mm -hmm. I guess it just sort of happens naturally. I mean, it doesn't have to, but it could. It could. And, I mean, India does rate kind of high on the corruption scale. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. In 1987, in TBZ, Pratap Saveri, he's ready. He's ready and willing as he is legally required to be for this raid by intelligence officers. As he has done multiple times before, he hands over his licensed revolver to the officers. And he orders the doors to the store be sealed. The shutters are pulled down so that nobody can go in or out. Till the raid is over. Okay. Is that including customers that are in there at the time? No. Yeah. So sometimes during the raid, they seal the customers inside as well. Just so oh no God. one's able to leave, like discreetly hiding something on their person. Yeah. So they'll just lock them there and you'll be stuck there till they finish the raid. That would be so annoying. Mohan Singh, the main commanding officer at the scene, he barked out precise instructions. Turn off all CCTV cameras in the store. All customers had to be escorted out and employees were to be moved into back rooms. He then ordered his team of 28 subordinates to search the premises for any hidden assets and to collect cash from the registers for reconciliation with sales slips. So all of this is standard, standard procedure, nothing alarming. Mohan Singh then carefully inspected the jewelry in various secure glass showcases And at random, he picked out pieces for gold quality assessment. He carefully placed these samples into clear plastic poly bags and attached evidence slips to them with a stapler. Mm -hmm. All the seized items were put into briefcases and secured inside the bus 
which was waiting for them outside, by junior officers on the command of Mohan Singh. So they they would fill the briefcases and go store them in the bus waiting for them outside. Mohan then handed over charge to his subordinates and he left to inspect another TBZ store, which was apparently also being raided at the same time as per Mohan. So Mohan, he takes off. He leaves his subordinates there. They're waiting. Pratap Zaviri is getting anxious about after an hour or so. Mm-hmm. His store has, has been shut for an hour, okay? And in Mumbai, that's a bunch of lost sales. That's business. So he asked the CBI team if they could check on Officer Mohan Singh so that this raid can be concluded. Like, get this thing over with. We're done. There's nothing here. Seize. Yeah. The intelligence officer stepped out to check the bus that they had all come in and found that it was no longer parked there. Mm-mm. Then these officers let it be known that they were actually all fresh recruits and they had only just met Mohan Singh the day before. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was waiting for this. Sensing something horribly amiss, mm-hmm. Pratap Zaveri placed a call to the Mumbai police at once. For generations, the motto of TBZ Jewelers has been Trust is our tradition. Well, this time, their trust had been placed in the wrong hands. (laughs) Their trust definitely backfired, it sounds like. Yep, yep, yep. Uh Uh-oh. It seemed like they'd been conned at this point of some sort. Or not, he doesn't know. But at least the people in the store say that they just met this officer the day before. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's discuss what con means. Do you know what the full form of con? Um, hmm, I feel like I do, but I don't. It's so simple, you, you'd you be surprised. So con is just short for confidence trick. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds like this guy was full of it. A con is an attempt to defraud a person or group after first gaining their trust. Mm, right. They benefit only the con operators or the con men at the expense of their victims. Mm -hmm. Accomplices to the con artist are called shills. And in our case, these poor (laughs) shills, these poor shills, they were victims themselves. Oh, how I wish I could talk to any of these 28 people. I would love to (laughs) pick their brain and ask them like a million questions. But I couldn't find any names, none of their names have ever been published, so uh, we're shit out of luck. I suppose that's like a rough first day on the job. It's definitely a career killer. Uh, so, Arvind Inamdar was the police official heading the Mumbai crime branch at that time, and he was called when Pratap Zaveri placed a call to the Mumbai police. And S.M. Musharif was the assigned officer for the investigation of the case eventually. Now, Mumbai police arrived at TBZ to inquire about what was going on with this strange CBI raid. The 28 CBI officers still present at the store, they sure had a surprise up their sleeve. On March 18th, there was an exciting job ad in the newspaper Times of India. It read, Wanted. 50 dynamic graduates for intelligent officers and security officers post. Come personally for interview with biodata, certificates, passport size photo on 1803-1987, 
at the Hotel Taj Intercontinental. Inquiry counter between 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Full stop. First off, all interviews before the internet were in person. So what the hell did he mean by come personally? Don't send your mother. Yeah, don't send your mom. I'll be like, Mera ladka, he's so good. Please give him a job, okay? He's so sweet. <laughs> I love this. He actually like recruited. Yeah. Secondly, this is the kind of true crime memorabilia I want. Like, does anybody have a copy of this newspaper with the ad? Please. Wait, that's too awesome. I want that newspaper ad. Please, it's someone. It's just funny. Totally. Put it on the wall. Now, Alex, would you answer that ad if you saw it in the newspaper? I mean, no. <laughs> you don't want to be an intelligence officer? Don't you need to go to some official academy for that? Shouldn't there be a... I don't think that's how you get that job from a newspaper. <laughs> I wouldn't answer that that ad, but that's only because I'm crazy lazy. And I figure, like, if you're so intelligent, CBI, you should come find me. You recruit me, okay? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Makes no sense. So a bunch of people showed up at the prestigious uh, Taj Hotel by the Sea. Mohan Singh directed them to an office space which he had rented in Mittal Towers, just steps away from the Taj. So Taj refused his request to hold interviews at the hotel. They were like, nope, you're not doing like, that. What the hell? <laughs> like, what did he say he was interviewing for? Mm. He would have been busted right there and then if he said he was interviewing for CBI intelligence positions. They'd be like, what the hell? Here? Yeah, they'd be like, excuse me? Like, exactly. don't you have offices in Mumbai? Why the hell are you doing it at a hotel? So, yeah, because Todd said no, he had to rent an office space. He interviewed candidates in depth about their skills and how they would handle potentially difficult situations involving dangerous smugglers and such. So mm -hmm. I imagine the aspirants doing kung fu kicks and ninja rolling all over the office to demo like their super duper crime fighting skills. Oh my God. They must be so eager, right? Like to prove themselves to this guy. <laughs> yeah. If they think this is how they get that job, then they definitely are mm -hmm. just a bunch of dummies. <laughs> They're like wannabe superheroes. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I can fight crime. <laughs> Look, there's a newspaper ad for me. I'm off. See you, mama. This is my big break. Yeah. He took their resumes and passport photos and asked 28 of them to meet him at the Taj the next day at 11 a.m. sharp. The shortlisted candidates were over the moon, I'm sure. Many of them were already government employees in some capacity. And they were just looking to move up the ladder to more prestigious, action-filled roles. They met Mohan on March 19th at the Taj. He had arranged for a private bus for them to travel in. He quickly debriefed them about their day's mission. Okay? They were going on a mock raid as a practical examination before being finalized as CBI officers. Because he just took an interview, right? He okay. needs to see them in action. He needs to see all those ninja kicks and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. So if their performance at this raid was exemplary, they would be golden. They would get the job. I wonder if they got the job. <laughs> then he handed each of them official-looking CBI identity cards with their names on it and the passport photos from the day before. He used those. They were carefully affixed on the cards, all prim and proper. Wow. Yeah, he used the pictures. He made the IDs for them. 
He thought of everything. On their way, they even stopped for some cold drinks before heading to TBZ. Like he, <laughs> he gave them snacks. Team building. It's like the like post baseball game pizza. This is the pre raid <laughs> sodas. It's cute. Well, this guy was sure like a super cool host, at least. Yeah. They right? must think they were like entering into the funnest job ever. Like, you're like, wow, this boss is so sweet. <laughs> I would definitely work for this mm-hmm. Exactly. So, at 2.15 p.m., the team reaches TBZ. Mohan picks out the jewelry samples and the cash from the register. Mm-hmm. And then, this master swindler is gone. Poof! <laughs> vanished. Just like that. In his bus, right? Yeah. He <laughs> took the bus that he rented. He's oh gone. God. And by the way, the stuff he stole was worth... 20 lakhs mm-hmm. and the cash was 3.75 lakhs in 1987. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Nice haul. Yeah. It's kind of buku bucks, but also like nothing the world or this store could have not lived without, I'm guessing. So the police traced his journey to the Taj where he left the bus. So he took the bus back to the Taj. Okay. Okay. He had been staying at the Taj in room 415. And when you check into any hotel, they take your address and everything, Mm -hmm. right? So he had noted his address as one from Trivandrum or Tiruvananthapuram, to be precise, which is in Kerala. From the Taj, he took a taxi to Ville Parle, which is North Bombay. It's a 40-minute drive from the hotel. And you know what else is in Ville Parle? Hmm. The airport. Oh, how convenient. Mm -hmm. So when I was discussing this case with my husband, I was so certain that this guy would do the opposite of what petty criminals do. So petty criminals would have headed straight for the crowded bus stations or train stations because that's how you kind of get lost in the crowd. There's there's very little chance that anyone's going to find you at those places. Notice you even, yeah. Yeah, those are teeming with thousands and thousands of people at all times of day. So this guy is not that petty criminal. He's of a different caliber, right? He's got that air. I mean, he's got confidence. And so when I saw that he took a taxi to Ville Parle, I connected those dots for myself. Like this isn't something officially stated. This is just a conclusion I came to. I bet he went to the airport. Like, in 1987, the domestic airport was in Santa Cruz, which is near Ville Parle. And the international airport is 15 minutes north of Ville Parle. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I tried to look up what international flights went out from Mumbai in 1987. But as you can imagine, that was... Impossible. Kind of (laughs) fruitless. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, there were several flights going pretty much everywhere. But why were you looking for this? I just wanted to see, like, is there a particular country that he may have flown to? Like, do we not know? Is that the conclusion? He disappeared? Mm, yeah, he disappeared. Did they check Kerala? Maybe <laughs> he should have checked his address that he left at the hotel. There were domestic flights to around 20 major cities in India, including Trivandrum or Tiruvananthapuram. So I couldn't find out if on March 19th there was a flight, but I bet there was, right? I mean, I'm sure the police looked into it, or at least I hope they did. They must have. They must have. 
Plus, that's like the last place you would think he would go. So it's almost like, is it worth looking into it at all? But if I was a cop, I would. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look under every rock or whatever the phrase is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is such a big clue, right? Like, if he's going to Ville Parle and the airport is out there. He's definitely flying out of there. I mean, you think about the person, right, who's committed this crime. And in my head, that's the picture that came to mind. It's kind of like uh, DiCaprio's character in uh, Catch Me If You Can. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's suave and confident. And he's he's selling the idea of the character that he's playing of being rich and famous. It's Interesting how this, like, con man persona keeps popping up, because even with our, like, past murders, I feel like, okay, they weren't necessarily, like, con men, but they're playing, there's so much, like, playing of people's emotions, and we're not getting the, like, Hmm. you know, antisocial, like, spooky characters of... American serial killers, for example. They're all Ted Bundys, and they're not, none of them are Ed Geins. There are. We haven't covered them. Okay. But it's coming up. It's coming up. I'm doing research on a case for next week. Yeah. True. True that. So that's it. Mr. S.M. Musharif was in charge of the case. He worked on very high profile cases as well, like the Telgi fake stamp paper case, which I might do an episode on sometime later. And he's now an author, but I couldn't find any way to get in touch with him easily. Even if I did, I'm not sure he wants to talk to like a nobody like me. You so, never know. Well, that's um, that's. But, I mean, we are not nobodies. We are prestigious podcast hosts. We're podcasters. Very important. We're solving crimes here. We're a part of the media now. Damn it. <laughs> or criminal justice. Exactly. One leg on each side. <laughs> And doing splits here. We might be the next serial. You never know. (laughs) Oh, no, please. I don't want to be. I don't want to be the next serial. Okay, so let's get back to our case. Now, the only reported accounts of the official investigation state that the cops tried to search for him, but came up empty on all fronts. They pumped their informants to check if this guy had some connection to the underworld mafia in Mm -hmm. Mumbai. Because it was so brazen, yeah. right? They thought, like, if he's so confident, he must have some kind of backing. Right. Like, he's not afraid. He's doing this out in the open at 2 p.m. Yeah, he can't be alone. He must, like, have... Yeah, he can't be alone. Some conspirators, so. at least. But it didn't seem like he had any mafia connections at all. Even the roster of current and retired CBI officials was looked mm-hmm. into, and they were cleared. Because they thought the way this guy conducted himself... He really knew... He, He knew, he really knew the ins and outs of a CBI raid and how to act like a CBI official. Whatever investigation they did on that, they cleared Mm -hmm. the people they checked. Now, since Mohan had mentioned Thiruvananthapuram, a team was sent there and they rounded up the usual suspects in that area. A couple of quick arrests and releases later, they were back to zero. They couldn't trace Mohan Singh to Thiruvananthapuram at that time. I bet the Mumbai police looked into the usual suspects in the city who could make those excellent looking fake ID mm-hmm. cards because that's a big lead. Yeah. Like, where do you get cards like that? You gotta have the right equipment and yeah, you need to know how to do it. That's a whole thing in itself, I think. 
cops know who are the guys who make these kind of fake things in every city and they leave them alone for I don't know whatever reasons. So that they can get the people who are like looking for the fake it. Yeah. Using it. Yeah, exactly. The cops even followed a lead all the way to Dubai, but they couldn't find Mohan there. Now, what do you think this lead was? Why why would they go to Dubai? Money is there. Now, Desi people know this, so I'll tell you. <laughs> Dubai is a gold buyer's paradise. Okay. It's often called the city of gold because of how much gold is bought and sold over there. I shouldn't have known that. Well, I kind of guessed money is there. <laughs> Unless you're buying and selling gold, jewelry and stuff, you won't know that. Daisy people know this. Yeah. Daisy people know Dubai is the place to go if you want to buy like high quality gold. Okay. So there is a huge nexus of gold smuggling in Kerala, by the way. However, it is more about smuggling gold into Kerala from Dubai, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Now, in 1968, this is even further back in time. There were strict restrictions put into place by the government of India called the Gold Control Act. Okay. This act uh, restricted how much gold could be imported and that it couldn't be purer than 14 karat gold. All right. So Indians don't want 14 karat no. gold, okay? That doesn't shine. It don't look so good. It's as good as brass or whatever. It looks stupid. That gold ain't good enough. I don't remember buying anything. I mean, I didn't buy it, but I don't remember my parents buying anything 14 karat. The minimum was 18 karat gold. (laughs) So, yeah. This was a terrible idea and the laws were repealed in 1990, which means in 1987, it was still in play. All right, Alex. So the main course might be over, (laughs) but I have a dessert section for you, Alex. Great, because I'm 100% a dessert person. I want all the dessert. You got some tiramisu? How about some jalebi? Oh, no, I want a jalebi. gulab jamun. Mm, yep, I have a gulab jamun for you. All right. So there's one small prequel to this crime, by the way. About five months before this brazen heist was executed, a similar ad had appeared in the Times of India in October of 1986 to recruit intelligence officers. Oh. However... At that time, the CBI had taken note of the ad. Okay. And they set up a stakeout operation at the location mentioned. Our precious little con man Mohan Singh didn't show up at that time, so... Oh, he's smart. Oh, you know, I just am imagining him. He's like, just like a little... Yeah, yeah, Cat yeah. man. <laughs> he just sits in his room and he thinks of all the, like, different possibilities and... Yeah, how curious, right? This preposterous fellow Mohan he has the balls to try this again so soon like that's not even five months yeah not even five months from the last time and he didn't show up which means he knew that there's a stakeout maybe it was just like a test maybe maybe he had tests before this guy must have worked with or around law enforcement before though he seems way too like uh aware of what's going on how things go down the CBI totally dropped the ball on this new ad, though. Yeah. I mean, what, did they just stop reading the <laughs> newspapers? What happened? Seriously. I bet it's some part of some fellow's job in CBI to, like, go through all the papers and be like, hey, is there something? It must be. Especially if they had already, like, caught someone doing, trying to run this scam. It's crazy. And maybe they, they thought, no one's 
crazy enough to try this again. Mm. But there was one guy who was crazy ah, enough to yeah, try it again. Yeah, the first attempt was just to like get their guard down. A ruse? Yeah. <gasps> man, he thinks like 10 steps ahead. He's a little cat man. Little cat man. Cat man. Oh, maybe his name should have been Meow Hensi. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll name name the episode Meow One Okay. It's been 34 years since this heist, and I'm pretty sure the case is as cold as the last few bits of permafrost left in the Arctic. Oh, sad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Ain't no cops looking at this case. Well, you know what? I approve. I approve of this crime. There are worse crimes that they need to be looking at. Eh. No one got hurt. It's pretty funny. I mean, the business probably got kind of hurt, but not even. Mr. Mohan Singh, if you're listening. Send us some money. You did it. You got away. <laughs> Round of applause for Mohan Singh. Hey, Mohan Uncle, call us, man. <laughs> Let us do a live interview, okay? What you did with all that cash. I hope he's on like a nice bungalow somewhere, living the high life. I'm pretty sure the statute of limitation has run out. Yeah. And you're now scot-free. <gasps> okay? Yeah, you're scot-free, uncle. Okay, you can stop listening now. Bye. <laughs> okay, Alex? Yeah. Alex. Yeah. That was a lie. That was a lie. Oh, is that a honeypot? Are we trapping we trapping this fool? <laughs> yeah, we're trapping this guy. There is no statute of limitation in the Indian legal system. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I got in touch with some mm -hmm. Indian lawyers on Reddit. Okay. And they confirmed that he can be prosecuted and convicted if he's caught today. But what if these lawyers are just other con men pretending to be lawyers? <laughs> like, who can you trust? Google? Maybe, because I did find a little bit more on Google. And Google is the ultimate con man. <laughs> Google, come on. Google is God. Google is God. Okay. So, our little ruse might work, Alex. That'd be awesome. Got him. You d I definitely almost got trapped. I wanted to meet him, like, you know, congratulate him on an excellent heist. I had no idea we were trying to catch this fool. You almost want him to get away, isn't yeah, it? I kind of do. <laughs> like he deserves it. Like, you go, girl. A for effort <laughs> and like your trophy, your reward is what you get. Keep it. Keep it. Alex and PSA, you can keep it. Yeah. That's your tip. Yeah, yeah. Meow, hun. <sighs> Never yeah. going to be allowed at a jewelry store again. <laughs> <laughs> this show is just like a series of me saying things that are gonna like ostracize me from society more and more or maybe more and more people relate to you and they're like ha i think the same way you never know you never know morality is fluid is it oh wow i didn't know that okay oh boy so what do you think what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on um on who he might be well, yeah, I have to imagine this is someone who has come into close proximity with the law. Maybe it was an ex-cop or a recruit or something. CBI. Um, or maybe Indian movies are just so accurately portraying raids that he just watched a bunch of them and, like, you know, 
how we have guessed what the police are doing thanks to Indian cinema. He guessed what he should do thanks to Indian cinema. Oh, man. I never thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So Bollywood is kind of like a lesson in life, really. Yeah, it's the anarchist handbook for India. I guess this is a case of big brain energy, isn't it? BBE. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but used for evil. It, just imagine if this guy actually was in the CBI or the intelligence agency. He could have helped the country yeah. so much more. Like, he's got the brains. Use it for good. Probably could have made, you know, not the same amount of money, but consistent money for the rest of his life. And help the country out with his skills. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's sad. Maybe he might have tried to get into the CBI and for whatever reason, he couldn't. For each job position in India, especially government Mm -hmm. jobs, which are stable and you get pension when you retire, there are millions and millions of applicants. Yeah. So for them to choose someone, first, of course, it has to be merit. But then at the end, sometimes in some departments, they take a bunch of Cha-ching to yeah. pick you. Maybe this guy didn't have enough at that time and he was like, I'll take my revenge. <laughs> so he reverse greased the wheel. Yeah, he reverse greased it. He's like, I'll use my BBE and I'll show you CBI what you missed out on. Like, you know, you can't get none of this now. <laughs> and using the CBI as a part of his con, it's like an extra stab. It's like a slap in the face. This is definitely like a jilted CBI applicant or something. Right? (laughs) It almost seems personal now that we put it that way. It's almost like that has to be it. (laughs) God, we should we should be detectives, Alex. I know. I'm I'm in it for the the donuts. I'm buying us a pipe. What's the thing? What's the hat called? The hunter. Deer hunter. The deer hunter, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'm going shopping today. I'm buying those two things and we're done. That's it. We're detectives. So you're just going to be like Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Well, I'm half Bengali, so it's almost like my birthright. True, 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 true. Speaking of Bollywood and the inspirational things that can come out of Indian cinema, are we ready for Bollywood Corner or do we have more to cover? Yeah, we are ready for Bollywood Corner. Well, it's not Bollywood, but I love the movies about con men and especially long cons. Yeah, heists and cons and stuff. So have you seen the movie A Good Liar? No. It recently came out. It had uh, Helen Mirren. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's an amazing movie. Watch it. It's really good. And there's another movie called The Best Mm -hmm. Offer, which is also an amazing long con. It's about an art dealer who has an amazing collection at home and he finds this depressed heiress who has a collection at home that she needs to sell off and then she doesn't want to sell it, blah, 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 blah. Something happens. I don't want to give anything away. So watch it. That movie is called The Best Offer. Okay. Now I've got a few good Desi heist movies Mm -hmm. to recommend. The most obvious one is called... Special 26 or Special Chubbies, which is Hindi for 26. Okay. It stars Akshay Kumar, Anupam Kher, and Manoj Bajpayee. It's supposed to be inspired by the TBZ theft incident, actually. Oh, okay. Nice. Perfect. But they kind of took... Lots of liberties. 
It doesn't say it's based on a true okay. story or anything. It's inspired by a true event. Okay, okay. Yeah. They just took the idea and ran with it and made it their own thing. So it's an okay film. Like the unique premise that we see in this story is diluted down by, you know, the same old boring tropes of uh. love interests, multiple songs. And there was an attempt, there was an attempt to whitewash the criminals. Okay. Because they mostly steal from the rich, so. Ah, a little bit of a Robin Hood thingy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's an okay movie. But I found myself zoned out a lot. I do recommend a a 2018 movie called Raid. Okay. Starring Ajay Devgan. That seems like a good place to start. It's not a heist movie, but it is one about income tax raids if you want to see what it looks like. Yeah. Since Bollywood is reality, so might as well take a look. (laughs) It follows the staunchly honest and upright IT officer in his quest to uncover black money from the homes of top politicians. It's a decent movie. It's got good pacing. Sounds like a Indian Mr. Robot. Minus the, like, drugs and hallucinations. Depression and... Yeah, and masks. masks. Yeah, this guy's out, out in the open, and he's he's brazen, and he's using his authority in the right way like he's doing his job like every person should yeah so yeah it's a good movie it's got a tight script check it out it's called raid not the korean raid there's a movie called raid (laughs) no there is one so if you google raid movie Uh make sure it's the indian one that raid movie is non-stop people beating each other up like with hammers and shit so (laughs) yeah it's not the same movie okay the next one on my list is a movie called Oi Lucky Lucky Oi. Ooh, it's so fun to oi, say lucky, like Oi Lucky Lucky Oi. oi. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Abedeol. It's a fun movie. It's more like a dark okay. comedy about a prolific thief who steals from posh neighborhoods of Delhi. Not always because he needs to, but simply because yeah. he can. It's just a scalawag. Out and about town. Yeah, kind of. He's, he's another cat man. <laughs> I love this. Catman, yeah. This movie was loosely inspired by the real life antics of an infamous thief called Bunty from Delhi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, since our case didn't take up too much time, I'm going to keep going with a couple more movie wrecks. Okay. An old hit from the early 2000s is a movie called Ake, which in Hindi means eyes. Ake. The movie is a multi-starer. There's Amitabh Bachchan, there's Akshay Kumar, there's Sushmita Sen, Paresh Rawal, and Arjun Rampal. These are the main characters in the movie. The movie is about how an anonymous puppet master manipulates three blind men to rob a bank by training them to appear sighted. Wow. Interesting premise. Yeah. Take a look at this movie. It's not too bad, not too shabby. It does have some... Cheese. You know, dramatic crap in there. Yeah, but it's got an interesting premise. Okay. There's also Bluff Master and another movie called Bunty and Bubbly, which are more full-on Bollywood masala movies about con artists, both featuring Abhishek Bachchan. Nice. They're good fun. They're like entertaining and regular watchers of Desi movies will will okay. enjoy this movie for sure. Yeah. These movies for sure. I'm not sure about people who don't watch, uh, you know, Bollywood Masala. Mm. I don't know how they would feel about it, but they're fun. They're yeah, fun movies. Well, I feel like heist movies are usually lighthearted or they should be for some reason. If you're stealing from the rich, I mean, it's still illegal. 
a bank or a huge jewelry store. Yeah, it's hard to be sympathetic towards the victims in those cases. As long as there's not too much violence, naturally. Yeah, that's so hypocritical of us. No. <laughs> but it's the truth. Yeah, you won't find me crying tears over, you know, the losses of a bank. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all, folks. We've come to the end of this sham episode. Nice. Follow Crimes from the East on Instagram and the podcast on all major streaming services. Do us a solid and leave us an iTunes review. Right, Alex? Yeah. Three stars and up. <laughs> no, I thought it was four stars and up the last time. What happened? <laughs> I'm lowering the bar. <laughs> I'm opening it up. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-mm. You're right. Four stars. Four stars or go home. Leave us a review. Yeah. We will greatly appreciate it. <laughs> and we'll give you a shout out if you want. Oh, yeah. Like, we should yeah, start t- doing that. That'd be fun. Leave us a review, a rating. Send us a screenshot with your name and whatever else you want to say. And we'll say it. Like, you want to call out an old enemy? We'll do it. Yeah. You want us to say, F you, Bob? We'll do that. Okay? <laughs> we also take messages of love. Yes. If you want us to declare your love on air, we'll do that too. Okay? If you want us to say, I love you, Kiran. <laughs> we'll do that. I love you. I love you. <laughs> okay. I feel my palate is fully cleansed and I'm ready to mm-hmm. get back to some, some blood. Ooh. Yeah, we needed a break. We needed a breather this week. Yeah. So this one was yeah. perfect. Totally. I am borderline fangirling Meow Hansing. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good fun. We can fun. become the Meow Gals. The Meow Gals. Oh, yes. Let's start the fan club. Let's do it. Thanks, Pia. We'll see you next week on another episode of Daisy True Crime with a little masala and spice. Namaste. Namaste.